TomDispatch.com. This is TomCast. Interviews and insight from Tom Dispatch contributors for anyone seeking a deeper understanding of our post-9-11 world and a clear sense of how our global imperial system actually works. I'm Timothy McBain. Recently, I had the pleasure of speaking again with Tom Dispatch founder Tom Engelhart. We talked about the history and future of drone warfare, which are addressed in his new book, along with co-author Nick Terse, Terminator Planet, The First History of Drone Warfare. I began by asking Tom to talk a little bit about the book and its connection with Tom Dispatch. There are a series of subjects that I think Tom Dispatch has been particularly devoted to over the last years. One that is barely touched in this country most of the time, but has just kind of made it into the news briefly because of the drones, is the casualties we cause elsewhere in our wars, Iraq, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Somalia. I mean, the American dead are sometimes dealt with, sometimes not. The foreign dead are rarely dealt with. That's been one thing that Tom Dispatch has kind of kept in the forefront as much as we could. Another one that's kind of gone with it, and and it came up this week, the New York Times had a big piece about a week or so ago that was kind of a It was really an Obama campaign piece, you might say. The Obama people got together more than 30 of of, of his aides, associates, his former chief of staff, and so on and so forth, and they told two New York Times reporters their version of what really was previously a supposedly secret classified drone assassination operation abroad. They were ready to leak this stuff and to provide a very flattering picture of the Obama administration at work killing people thousands of miles away. And in in the process, somehow the Times people got the information that, among other things, in order to make themselves feel better, the Obama administration, including the president, had agreed to a method of counting the foreign dead. This is uh, from the uh, drone attacks, which basically would minimize civilian casualties. The specific method was very clear, which was if a missile a Hellfire missile or a bomb from a drone killed anybody of military age, and that while that wasn't defined, assumedly it's anybody from a young man to an older man, that person would simply be called a terrorist, a suspected militant, or whatever. It would just be assumed that any dead man from a bomb was a bad guy, by our standards. And and even there, the fact is, although the Times doesn't say this, the Times doesn't deal with anything kind of outside the beltway on all this, the fact is we know that it's not only military-age men who were put into the terrorist category and just subsumed these counts. It was also children, because we know from investigations of what's actually going on on the ground there that significant numbers of children, 160, 175, we really don't know, but those are the counts have died, women have died, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is this long-range drone operation. Nick and I have been focused on drones from pretty early on. We've been writing about it, this is Nick Terse and I, we've been writing about it now regularly for several years. You know, partially because the drones, I mean, they're a fascinating phenomenon. They've, they've been here in the home front of our global wars. They've been kind of the sexiest object. They've been kind of the iPhone of wars, you know. And they've been presented very positively, generally. They've gotten great press. But very early on, Nick and I, I think, understood that the U.S. was creating precedents with these robotic 
planes, these armed robotic planes, that, that, were, that were kind of striking precedents. You know, I mean, I mean, assassination, and this is something I write about this Tuesday, assassination, I mean, the state has been connected historically with assassinations, and that includes the American state. I mean, we've had assassinations of the South Vietnamese leader in the 1960s, uh, of a Congolese leader in the same period. Uh, I mean, there, there's, a, there's a history of the U.S. and assassinations. But normally, presidents have not proudly proclaimed that they are out there assassinating people. The Obama administration has, in fact, proclaimed this thing that we've been seeing. I mean, we've been following for quite a while, and we've put our pieces together with some new material in our latest book, Terminator Planet. But I think we're just seeing really come to the surface right now what Nick and I have been writing about from early on, which is the United States has in these last years, starting with the Bush administration, has kind of paved the way for any regime, any administration on the planet that gets itself a drone, and 50 countries are now dronifying themselves, at least 50, probably more, and the United States is selling drones to allies and arming allies' drones and so on and so forth. Any country can now decide, hey, there are bad guys out there, you know, evil people we don't like, China, Iran, Russia, doesn't matter. Each one of them can, with its own drones, can decide there are bad guys out there, and they can simply cross borders, ignore national sovereignty, and assassinate them. And this is a kind of mass open pathway to assassination and something beyond that that's quite striking. And this, we've been on this story for some years now, and I'm proud to say that. And I think that Terminator Planet, our new book, offers a, a several-year framework for, as, as our subtitle says, for the first history of drone warfare. It's a, it's a history, if you'll excuse the, maybe it's a pun, it's a history on the fly, so to speak. We've been doing it as it's been happening. And in fact, it's a history because Nick has done a lot of good reporting on this, including with the military. It's a history that extends not only back to the first drone strikes in Afghanistan in 2001 and the first CIA assassination in Yemen in 2002, but it extends deep into the future because it has the military visions of what a, a drone future might look like, because this is going to be part of our way of war for a long time. This thing has been presented over these last years as kind of the wonder weapon of, of the American arsenal. And unfortunately, like all wonder weapons of the past, and I don't care whether you're talking about the tank, the atomic bomb, or anything else, wonder weapons never deliver on their promises, but by the time they haven't delivered, they embed themselves in our world in a way that means we can't get rid of them. And we're watching the United States embed the drone over the last several years, and in a major way now, embed the drone in our world. We are going to have to play on that old airline ad, we are going to have some very unfriendly skies up there, and we should be aware of it. To read Tom Englehart's article, Praying at the Church of St. Drone, the President and His Apostles, please visit TomDispatch.com. You can also find a link to purchase both ebook or paperback copies of Terminator Planet at TomDispatch.com. I'm Timothy McBain, and until we meet again, thanks for listening.